You're listening to the Dealmaker Podcast, hosted by multi-millionaire property investor, entrepreneur, and Guinness World Record holder, Liam Ryan. Discover how to start, scale, and grow your business. Become a better negotiator, create more opportunity, and make massive profit so you can live the life of your dreams. Uh, We are going to have a panel of experts up in what we call an expert panel. And this is an opportunity for you to ask them any question that you like. Can we please have Elisa to the expert panel? Give it up for Elisa, please. Can we please have up to the panel, Sean Abato. Give it up for Sean, everyone, from Blue Wolf Assets. Can we have Jackie Dobson? Can we have Chris from Wales? Give it up for Chris, everyone. And last but not least, the old git, Neil Dobson. (laughs) Okay, so this is your day. We are here for you. What do you want to know? So the question to Sean is, uh, what do you think is going to happen to the property market? Good luck with that one. (laughs) Uh, To be honest, there's multiple scenarios. We could sit here all day and just do a session on this. I think you have to look at the the economy as a whole. You know, major asset classes are falling, stocks and shares, precious metals, etc. Now, the one thing that's different about property is that the demand for it is far outstripping the supply. So in terms of new builds, the UK government is missing their target every year, drastically as well. You know, they're getting nowhere close to it. And... We're also finding that, you know, people want to rent more because they're worried about mortgages at the minute getting getting the right rates. So I think as investors, you have to pay attention to all the different macroeconomic factors that are going to actually affect this particular asset class. So will will there be a slump, potentially? It could sort of pivot off instead of going straight up like it has been for the last two to three years. You'll start to see a slump. There could be a little retraction going down. But I think, you know, we should all be here for the long term. So ultimately, you know, it's going to go one way, in my opinion. With interest rates, which is the big buzzword at the moment, what happened after the 0809 crisis is that they raised rates too quickly. They're kind of doing that now. And what happened in 2011-12 is they actually had to reverse what was happening because people just kept defaulting on everything. Individuals, companies were just turning around like, mate, I can't pay you. Um, So there was a big retraction on that. That could happen again as well. The thing to factor in with inflation is that inflation is the expansion of the money supply. So what we've done in the last few years, mainly because of COVID, is we've just flooded the system with loads of new currency, but there was no more activity in the economy. You know, the economy grinded to a halt. So when you factor in supply and demand, it would suggest to me that whilst the economy is going to go down, I don't think real estate is going to crash like a lot of people are predicting. Just history doesn't always repeat but it does rhyme and I think whenever this has happened investors people with you know a lot of money high net worth individuals and that they don't want their cash sitting in a bank because it's just losing too much purchasing power so what they want to do is put that into assets that can protect it and real estate and property is one of the best for that so 
that's a very short answer. Even that may have seemed long, I assure you that was a short answer. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And you've probably heard me say this a lot over the last seven years um, since I've been back into this space. You know, regardless of what's going on with the economy and inflation and recession and war, there's always something crazy going on. You've just got to look for the good deals. So in a growing market there's good and bad deals. And in a dying market, there's good and bad deals. Stress test them at certain interest rate percentages. That's really important. We'll just keep buying regardless of what's going on in the market, as long as it's a good deal. Um, The question is, I want to go into flips and developments. Uh, What could be some of the pitfalls and also the solution to overcome those pitfalls? So let's go over to uh, Neil first. I think firstly, what you do want to make sure is you've got more than one exit strategy um, because the market is, and we've been saying it for a while, but it's going to change. It's going to take a minor dip, in my opinion. Materials, I think they've stabilised, but you never know. So it's, it's sort of over-egg on the materials and the build costs and be a bit conservative on the on done-up value, really. But pitfalls is some that we've fallen into on smaller-scale stuff is your build team. Yeah, if it's commercial conversion, I think you need to uh, make sure you've got the right team on board so that you know how and when to um, form the freehold and leaseholds. And then you've got the option of selling one or two to get your money out if it's not, uh, if your GDV is affected at the back end. So, yeah, it's due diligence really with anything and uh, be a bit conservative on the GDV. Over to Jackie. Thank you. May I ask why you want to do flips and developments? What's what's the reasoning behind it? Because flips aren't quick. So you could be looking between maybe six and nine months from start to finish. So they're, they're in addition to rental rather than a, an actual sort of main strategy. So you're 80, 20, 80 rental, 20 flips. Um, and like Neil said, you need to just know, know your exit plan as well and don't be greedy with your sell price um, because you want it to be attractive and to sell quickly so you don't want it hanging around. As, as you may know I work really closely with Andrew Hubbard um, who is one of our business partners who heads up the Property Developers Bootcamp which is a three day but it's only to do with development and, and I was having a chat with him just last week and, and he was saying that he believes in terms of land development We've got the biggest opportunity in the next 24 months than we've seen in the last 10 years to be finding small plots of land and ultimately building to sell. Yeah, but if you're if you're really serious about doing land development, then you know definitely uh, I, I'd look to get on that three-day uh, developer with with uh, Andrew and just have a chat with the team. Great question. Has that helped? Yeah, thank you. Awesome. But like all of these things, start the process. Find deals, find money, analyze, agents, viewings, and then the rest will just happen naturally um, as and when you find a great deal. Uh, who wants to answer that question? Sure, you've done some JV stuff, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, let's go for it. Yes, I think, um, so are you just starting out on your journey, yeah? So you've yeah. not got a track record or anything like that. Okay, cool. So, you know, one of the things you really need to emphasize is that you're in an academy like this. You're learning from some of the best names in, in the industry, right? Because you haven't got that case study to say, here's what I've done. But, you know, you need to build that rapport with them because it's about them trusting you. So you need to find out what their pain points are. So if, for instance, you know, they're worried about inflation, well, then your point is 
you don't want your money sitting in a bank. Right? You put it in one of our deals, you're going to get a return that beats the bank, protects you against inflation, and you don't have to do anything for it. So you just got to try and create that win-win situation. Obviously, make sure it works for you as well. It's a two-way thing. But, you know, it's about listening. So you really have to ask the right questions to the investor. You sometimes see and hear of people just getting in front of an investor. Hi, John. And then they just go into a pitch. Oh, my company's doing this. This is what I've done. The guy don't care. He wants, he wants to, you know, trust you. The way that you can establish that is by finding out about them. So you've got two ears and one mouth. Use them in that proportion. You know, find out, ask the question, let them talk, and then you'll start finding out exactly what they're looking for, and then you can tailor products towards them. Yeah, yeah. Hope, hope that's helped. So um, I'm going to talk about the rent-to-rent rent HMO. So we got two, uh, two deals from a landlord, um, the same landlord, and uh, these were uh, direct direct to vendor deals. Essentially what we did is we uh, did a direct to vendor mail campaign and some of them respond, some of them don't. So don't get too worried about it because it's just a number game. So just keep keep sending out those letters and sooner or later someone will, uh, will contact you. Um, and as we said before, it's very, very important to build the relationship. So again, when someone contacts you, don't go straight to what you want to do. Um, try and find out about them, why they contacted you. So why, why you and why now? Um, where, uh, where are they at in, uh, in, in, um, in the journey, so the situation? Uh, in this particular case, they, uh, it was a couple, um, husband and wife, they were planning to move to, uh, to Australia. So they needed someone trusted to look after the property, um, properties actually, um, and they preferred to work with someone like us rather than with an agency. As I said, it's all about getting to know the landlord and uh, um, introducing yourself. Can you raise money from investors overseas? Yes, you can. No problem. And uh, there's a couple of ways to do this. Uh, number one, you've got to make sure that country is not a blacklisted country from a banking point of view. So that's the important. Uh, number two, um, I would typically only be doing loan agreements with overseas investors. So loan agreement, bank details, they can send the money directly from their bank account overseas into your company bank account with a loan agreement. You could, if you wanted to, you could, because you want to make sure the funds are coming from a legitimate place. So you could, we did this once with a guy out in Dubai or somewhere, and uh, we got him to send the monies to his UK solicitor, who then spoke to our UK solicitor, who then sent us the money. So you could do that. But yeah, it can be doable. And um, I've never took Bitcoin off an investor or gold or cash. Um, it's all been done by bank transfer. Um, that's how we've done it. Great stuff. Wow. I've got to say... Thank you so much for, you know, being here today. You know, I've, I think we're, we're, we're three years now. Three years. So, so we're in our fourth year. You know, I've been mentoring. I, I mentor all these guys here. You know, we're going into our fourth year, which is just like unbelievable. And I love you guys. We're pretty much going into our second year, second year, second year. 
Um, and, and, it, and it really has been an absolute honour and privilege. And, uh, you know, the time spent with you as well on the Property Millionaires Retreat was just like on an absolute another level. Yeah, like phenomenal, phenomenal. And, uh, you know, these brides bring a lot of value to the community, um, as, as all of you guys do here. You know, if we can do it, you can definitely do it. Um, but for sure, you know, these um, inner circle members of mine and, um, you know, Property Millionaire Retreat graduates certainly need a massive, massive round of applause. Give them a massive round of applause, everyone. You're listening to The Dealmaker Podcast, hosted by multi-millionaire property investor, entrepreneur, and Guinness World Record holder, Liam Ryan. Discover how to start, scale, and grow your business. Become a better negotiator, create more opportunity, and make massive profit so you can live the life of your dreams.